Hello, friends. Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe coming to you on Sunday, January 2nd, a little bit after 8 o'clock Central Time. The Mavericks have just defeated the Oklahoma City Thunder 95-86. to Josh, how's things? Things are pretty good. We haven't talked in a little bit, so it's good to start the new year off by getting back on the horse a little bit. Uh, interesting that you say get back on the horse because the Mavericks also attempted to get back <laughs> on the horse with one Luka Doncic stumbling, rumbling, bumbling, 31 minutes in a return to action after he hasn't played a game since December 10th. And it looked like he picked up exactly where he left off, which is to say not great. No, and I guess you can, you know, the the long layoff and the fact that a half of the layoff, I think he was out with COVID, so he didn't really practice, so... Right. Probably what and then no Christoph's Przingis and his spacing really, really changes how Luca does in terms of shot selection and things like that. So it probably wasn't uh wise to expect a, a blow up Luca game tonight. But yeah, I mean he had he was six of fourteen from the field, he had seven turnovers, he had zero free throw attempts. Um offensively, just on his own, he looked pretty he looked like a guy that hasn't played a lot of basketball lately and hasn't maybe practiced a lot lately. Uh, the only good thing, you know, he had 10 assists and of course he had the uh, game ceiling assist to Max Kleba, which was really nice, but yeah. So a sluggish game. So full disclosure for me, I was I, like a six o'clock start time might be the worst possible start time for me because usually with like the 5 PMs or 4 PMs or the afternoons or then like the seven, seven thirty ones, I can get around kind of structure my life a certain way, but I couldn't really get out of anything tonight. So I watched the first quarter and then I watched the end of the second quarter. And then I watched the final six minutes of the fourth quarter. So I didn't see enough consistent basketball other than to kind of look at the fact that, you know, what we also failed to mention is like the return of Maxi Kleba and return of Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, and it was the closest thing that Dallas has had to like what you would consider their starting kind of like their full rotation um, that in about three weeks. Um, and so there's, there's probably a, a lot I'm, I'm kind of curious about. I feel like I, I feel like I missed Dorian. I'm just looking at the box score right now. Yeah. Dorian was one of eight for three and he had some incredible looks come, you know, and it, it's like almost like he was like too open. Um, you know, it's like going through the rest of things. It's like, you know, Bullock hit two of four. It's kind of nice. Like, look like Marquise Chris had a, had a yeah. pretty nice game. Um, yeah, well, he did what was kind of damage when you weren't watching in the third, in the third quarter. So, so um, what was going on that way? Um, uh, he kind of looked like a more athletic, uh, rich man's Dwight Powell. Um, he hit threes, which was really funny. Um, three of three from three. And only one of them felt like a bailout, like he has to take this because the shot clock's running out. Another couple, he kind of picked and popped or like spot up and, and, and shot them confidently, um, which was pretty fun. I didn't really know that was part of his game, and maybe it's still not. Uh, I'm looking at his career. He's a career 28.7% three-point shooter, so maybe you know some of Dwight Powell's second half three-point shooting magic transferred over to, to Chris this game. But even without the three-point shooting, uh, he played well. He had seven rebounds I in 14 minutes. a really cool drive from the left side where it looked like he had over-penetrated, and then he snuck one up over, like, it was, a, it was like a right-handed shot from the left side. It was really, one of those really, like, it shouldn't have gone in kind of things. And it's just, he plays with a different kind of bounce, than Dwight and I think it's much more forceful 
Because like Powell plays this sort of above the rim game, and unless he's able to like take off, like he's jumping off a trampoline, most of his jumping is kind of wild and pointless. I mean, it's not. Some games it really works. I mean, heck, in the the previous game, which we didn't get to talk about, um, he Powell basically helped spearhead the the huge run the Mavericks had by getting four straight alley oops. Like it was preposterous. But then there are games where it's just like he can't do anything because the defense is able to make sure he does. Like there's nowhere for him to jump from and and that sort of stuff. And like watching Chris, he just he he plays a little bit more of a of a bullish game. And and I, I've I've enjoyed it in the limited uh, a game that I've seen. Yeah, and I mean, there's like, say what you will, there's still like talent there. I mean, he was the eighth overall pick in the 2016 draft, and I know you know eventually you have to kind of cut your losses and stop believing in 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 these draft picks and these lottery picks if they don't produce. But like, there was obviously there was reason for him to be picked that high. You would hope, um, and he just has never. And the the thing about him putting it together, it's never been the physical aspect of it. It's always been the between the ears. Like he's been a, a horribly, a horrible, like laughably awful defender, like just off ball. Like he fouls a ton, like just not a disciplined player, despite the fact that he's maybe athletically pound for pound, you know, he's six, nine, 240 pounds. He's one of the more athletic big men in the league, just from, just from a pure physical standpoint. I'm definitely for the Mavericks. Dallas doesn't have, hyper-athletic guys outside of Powell. No, there's no one even close to Chris's athleticism on the roster right now. Uh, And that's even accounting for like Willie Cauley-Stein's good days. So, um, you know, reading between the lines, apparently like, you know, the, the Warriors wanted to, you know, he apparently did some good things with the Warriors. And I think just the way the COVID season went, he couldn't, he couldn't latch on. Yeah. Um, They have a lot of talent. Yes, and that too. And they've got, you know, Draymond and Looney, like, and they drafted Wiseman, so he kind of mm-hmm. got squeezed out along yep. with COVID. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how long it can last, um, but he's it, – it just goes to show how much more, ta- you know, just the talent dearth – the dearth of talent the Mavericks have, especially in their front court, um, that he just stands out so much. Like, I mean, he's – even when, you know, you know, he played 14 minutes and still, you know, managed to foul three times – um like he still has like his moments and but even with that like he he plays with you know an energy and an enthusiasm that you know the guy he's replacing Willie Colley Stein just obviously just doesn't have like he he has a motor it's just sometimes he doesn't point it in the right direction or like a useful direction so hopefully if he can get you know some coaching and continue to you know stay somewhat disciplined uh he can make an impact and I mean you know, maybe this is kind of just maybe we're making a bigger deal of this because it's the Mavericks and their roster is just so starved for guys that can run and jump. Uh, that might be a part of it. You know, if he was on another team, would we be talking about Mark? You know, would anyone be talking about Marquise Chris? I don't know. But I mean, hey, we're it, it, you kind of take what you can get right now and they should just ride this out as long as they can. Uh, I don't know if they've signed. I think they signed him to a second 10 day, but yes, I don't, they did. So they're whenever that's up, they're going to have, you know, the roster's full. So they'll have to make a decision of waiving, you know, someone that has guaranteed money this season. Uh, and we'll see if that's a choice they, they make in a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I think it's worth noting, uh, you know, we, we went into a bit of a, a digression there about Chris, which I think is worth it. Cause I think our fans are very interested in this. Um, I'm very curious, like, 
the general sentiment from what I was saying is that it's like Luca still looks bad. And I don't know if it's a Luca looks bad because it's a Sunday night game in Oklahoma City in January bad, or if it's a Luca looks still like how he looked before before he, you know, hurt his ankle and they needed to give him time off because It just has to be said. Like a lot of people didn't like talking about this. A lot of our couple, uh, particularly some of our overseas fans, really didn't like talking about this. But like, Luca came into camp at 260 pounds, and you know, Luca is going to be a Hall of Fame basketball player. He's on that trajectory, and we've talked about it for three years that there's going to be a point in time when Luca comes to the realization that his fitness level is going to be the separating point. Uh, between him being a great to an all-timer um, and, you know, him coming back in and still looking like, like, it's not fair because, again, he had COVID, but it's just, y- y- I sort of wanted to see more from him. Is that is that fair or am I just placing too much, too much on him at this point? I want to say it's a little bit of both because it sounds unfair when you consider the circumstances, but yes. also it's it's Luca. Like, you know, it's he's your all-NBA you know, he's your guy. So you, and he's pulled up, he's done so much, you know, he has kind of spoiled us to believe in the mm. impossible in a way. So like, I mean, we just assume like, oh man, Luca's going to come back. He's going to score 40 points. Cause like he's Luca and he does crazy things all the time, every single season. So he's kind of set that expectation for himself in a way, but you know, maybe we're seeing a more human version of, of him this season. Uh, but yeah, it was, you know, I'm, I'm of two minds. Like I totally understand why he looked the way he looked in this game and he had every reason to look tired. Uh, yeah. Which yeah. is fine. And then on the other hand, I'm still, you know, seven turnovers, you know, f- six of 14 from the field, 14, po- like it was still zero free throws. Like it was still disappointing to me. Despite the turnovers, you know, the turnovers are something we should start to watch because during the break, uh true hoop contributor, coach Thorpe, uh, who used to do stuff for ESPN basically wrote, a post that took apart Lucas turnovers this year. And I've read it, reread it and read it for a third time because I felt like it was a bit of a hack job because I don't really like the way the guy writes. Um, he, he, he writes like, like one of your, he, he, he always like drops like references in, like I was talking to wait to Dwayne Wade and it's like, dude, stop. Like that doesn't <laughs> help with the, you know, do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. like, it's like having a conversation, a part of someone. It's like, we get it. You know, people like just, I know you're an expert. You don't need to back this up. But then it's like when I get past that bullshit, what he really did was was kind of talk about how sloppy Luke has been with his past placement and how it's led to some turnovers. And so I, I bristle against the notion of Luca having more. Like I, I'm, I'm interested in it. I, I, I'm, I'm of two minds on it. I guess is what I want to say because I think if Luca's going to have the ball this much, he's going to have a lot of turnovers. Um, some of the turnovers that he's having are because he's frustrated on non-foul calls. I'm just it's something I think we should really keep an eye on. I don't know how to talk about it any more than that. Um and that 7 against a kind of a hapless Thunder team defensively is just too many for my liking. Yeah, I mean what he had he had zero free throws tonight and the two games he played in uh before he went out with the ankle injury, he had a combined 6 uh, in those two games. Yeah. So he's not on Free throws are a big part of his game. Yeah, they are. And again, you know, no KP. I really think KP makes a significant difference in how he's able to operate 
on the court that spacing, even when, you know, Kristaps is shooting 27% from three, which is what he's doing. Like the teams still guard him and it's just, it's just invaluable. Teams guard Kristaps in a way that they do not guard mm. uh, Maxi Kleba. And you could tell by that on the last, possess- you know, the clinching possession, he had what, like four guys at the rim? Uh, and they gave, the- they gave Kleba like six feet in all directions uh, of space to shoot. Like that's just how defenders are. You know, are going to guard this team when when KP's not on the floor. So a little bit of a random aside: the Mavs broadcast team is by and large excellent, and they call Luca's stuff in a way that's really memorable. Harp called that a very simple play, and I was guffawed because it was one of the like for Luca this year. That has to be one of the coolest assists he's had. There were four guys on top of him. It was a jumping one-handed behind the back bounce pass that went from the rim to the top of the key incredible stuff yeah it might be like the best pass he's made all season Uh, (laughs) and it just just goes to show you know that's and that's why we get a little disappointed spoiled yeah spoiled stuff too yeah Yeah. so he's he's awesome so you know we'll we'll wait till tomorrow Although back to back, you know, makes me worry. You know, is he going to have his legs? Is he going to, you know, have his lungs? Well, they play. You know, um, they play Denver, and it's important. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, the the thing, you know, I know we don't want to spend too much time on this game, uh, but the thing I wanted to pivot to was I was a little disappointed in the. the I mean, I guess Luca kind of sets the tone for the sluggishness, and him not, you know, being a hundred percent back, coming back from the long layoff, obviously, kind of trickles down to everyone else. But with everyone back, you know, my biggest fear these last two weeks, and I'm writing something now, it's going to be on the site tomorrow, is like the Mavericks have played their best basketball of the season these past two weeks, like not even close. I mean, they've the way they've played the last two weeks is just a tremendous improvement over what we saw uh, mm-hmm. up until, you know, that point. And a lot of it has been, you know, new new guys and new new, new spots, not necessarily just replacement guys playing well, but just – guys at the end of the rotation getting more minutes or playing with different people, you know, different lineups, different substitutions. And then of course, you know, new faces like Chris and and Theo Penson and Brandon Knight, uh, you know, that stuff has helped too. And to see this be the closest they've been since, you know, the outbreak started and then play kind of a sluggish basketball game uh for most of it I mean, they had some they had a really good you know second quarter i think um but they got outscored in the second half uh by they three yeah I, and it's yeah. just and it's just like you know seeing tim hardaway jr miss five of the seven threes he took you know seeing dorian who had been so great in the past two weeks go one of eight from three so dorian you know gets a little bit of slack because you know he's been so good for for about a month now uh, but to see Maxi only, you know, he took he was three of seven from three, made the clincher, played incredible defense, but he took zero two point shots, um, which just you know adds to a level of stagnation. You know, Reggie Bullock shot well, two of five from the floor, two of four from three, but like he played twenty seven minutes and he took five shots. And, yeah, what are we doing? Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I'm just there's just a little bit of me that's like, ah, uh, like it, it kind of felt like watching the team that looked so unwatchable at times uh, before this recent stretch. And that kind of bugged me. And of course I need to wait till KP and Luca are playing on the floor together. Need to give Luca maybe a couple games to get his win back and then maybe make a proper assessment after that. But it was just, it was just a bummer. I'm not trying to sound the alarm bell. No, I get it. I get it. It just stunk a little bit. I get it because it's like, 
there's so many excuses, some of them really good, some of them hack hack eyed bullshit about why this season hasn't gone the way we wanted it to. We came into it with high levels of expectation. They did not perform well. They they well, they overperformed and then fell back to earth. And then we had a month of people telling us that the sky was purple. And now there's yet, you know, Luca been out with COVID, team been out with COVID, where you have yet another lengthy group of time. It's 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 that it's that uh, Tom Thibodeau quote where it's like, well, first you got to give it ten games, then you got to give it twenty <laughs> games, and you got to give it thirty games all season. Suddenly the season's over, and that's what stinks about this is like you want to see like a series of games where they build upon something. And the Mavericks are now 18 and 18. They're 500. They're a flat, you know, they're they're effectively at zero, which is fine. I will take that for how weird things have been. But you want to see something that they can build towards. You know, some sort, like the, the longest winning streak this team has had, and I'm going to go just double check this. They've had two three-game winning streaks, and that's it. And going back to last season, which was also a season kind of a frustration, they did. They had a a four game win streak, an, a five game win streak, and a four game win streak. And I, it's a little thing. And putting and this may be me overemphasizing something, but like I, the teams that really have gone places the last several years have had these stretches of basketball where they look like teams that could win the championship. In the past three seasons, maybe two seasons, I don't know. The past two seasons, I think, I've never felt that with these Mavericks. And that's just too much, too long, too much of the same. And so Luca coming back, we're probably putting too much of an emphasis on it. But, like, I want to see a step in that direction because all of us don't, you know, we want the Mavericks to do something. None of us believe they're going to do anything. Yeah, I mean, both of those three-game win, you know, they have had two three-game winning streaks. Those happened within the first 10 games of the season. And since then, it's win two, lose three, win one, lose two, win two, lose two. You know, they just – and, of course, you know, they haven't had Luka. They haven't had – but the, the funny part is, is the excuse of, like, oh, they didn't have Luka. They had COVID. They played their best basketball during the mm. COVID stretch. Um, I know we're big, we're big Luka guys here, too. I know. And I'm not even trying to make this a Luca thing. I, to me, it's less a Luca thing, and it's more everyone, all the other guys that miss time uh, thing to me. Um, and yeah, they only went five and five uh, during the COVID stretch without Luca. Uh, but I mean, they were 12 and 13 when Luca left with uh, the ankle injury against uh, Indiana, and now they're 18 and 18. So they're in a better mm-hmm. spot now than they were when Luca left. So. Uh, you know, they had tough losses against Milwaukee and Utah, and they had the tough buzzer-beating loss against the Kings. But, you know, by some advanced measures, they've been playing significantly better. I mean, I'm writing the post right now. They've had the fifth-best net rating, according to Cleaning the Glass, in the last two weeks. Mm. Uh, and that's considerable because, you know, before that, they were like 19th or 18th. Yeah. Um, so that's a big jump. And, yeah, they haven't. the record hasn't shown it too much. Uh, you know, they've gone, you know, they haven't pulled off a, a winning run, but they've had some of their best win. You know, they, they've had, it was such a struggle for them to get double digit wins. And during this COVID stretch, they had one, two, uh, what, three, four, five, five of their wins were by double digits. In fact, all the wins they had during COVID were, were basically blowouts, um, which huh. is really funny. That's uh, interesting. Yeah. So, you know, and then the losses have all been super close over time. 
to the Lakers. They lost by six to the Wolves. They lost by seven to the Bucks. They lost by four to the Jazz, and they lost by one to the Kings. So um, that kind of goes. That just shows you like they're still missing Luca uh, because you know you having him down the stretch. You know would hopefully swing some of those one, two, three possession games. Uh, mm. So I guess to sum it up, I'm kind of rambling. Is I just hope. Uh, that what we've seen the last two weeks doesn't get thrown out the window with the return of all the regular guys. Uh, and I know some of it was like, well, maybe it wasn't just like luck. I think they played differently I these too. last two weeks. I mean, and, the, you don't get to 38 assists or whatever one of those games were by luck. Like, that doesn't happen. That's a different style of basketball. I mean, they had several games in a row where they were moving the ball and their percentage of makes were was just – of uh, assisted makes was higher than they'd been at any point previously. And like that, that stuff just has to matter. So. Yeah, they were, I'll give a little tease to, I mean, if you, if you listen to this tomorrow, you might already read my article, but um, they were last in the league uh, at getting to the at restricted area shots this season. I think it's like 20.4 uh, restricted shots per game. Uh, in the last two weeks, they've they're 18th uh, in the league at 23.4 restricted area shots per game. So like that's different. Like it's not just they're playing the same and shots are falling. They were they were getting better shots and they were playing better basketball. Uh, so I'm just I hope that you know with the return of these guys like Hardaway and Bullock and Maxi uh, that are mostly you know standstill spot up guys and Hardaway's been having a really rough season defensively and offensively. I'm just worried that that kind of stagnation and staleness turn. So that's my concern. But I mean, at the end of the day, they still won. Yep. Um, they still won by nine and we'll, we'll see where it goes uh, with KP coming back and, and Luca getting his, his legs under him. Yeah. I'm checking the standings. Cause the standing stuff is so funny. Like there's <laughs> so like, it feels like we're a bit of a, on an Island at this point, but we're just not, the the Nuggets are two games above five hundred. The the Clippers are one game above five hundred. The below five hundred. Like they there's still an op like plenty at certain points in the season teams start to separate themselves, and it just hasn't happened for five, six, seven, eight in the West. Um, there's a real like the Mavericks have to do better, but so do a lot of teams in theory. So it's it's there's still plenty of time for them to to pull themselves together and go somewhere. We just need to see it. Right. Yep. Well, as usual, I love talking basketball with you. And I'm like, oh, it's funny. In our pre-show, I always tell Josh, like, oh, I want to talk for 10 minutes, then get out of here. And we talk for 25. <laughs> no, but that's good. I mean, I like talking talking shop with you. I think they, I yeah. think people enjoy it. And you know, I, I said this on our last show, at least on the green room. Um, we a huge year for us. Uh, we're not in the same we, you know, we do different work than some of our friends around the Mavs sphere, but we did a ton of work. Like we increased our listenership by like 300% <laughs> a year over year. And yeah. so I'm looking forward to seeing what we can try to do this year. So, all right, Josh, you got anything else before we get on out of here? No, let's go ahead and do it. Let's, let's do it. Straight. All right. Come to the site. Josh has got a good post coming. Uh, we're going to kick off the new year and kind of get back on our saddle. It's been a little hard over the holidays, even though we've had a lot of content, but I understand if uh, people were, were taking time away to be with their families. So uh, come to MavsMoneyBall.com. Give us a subscribe. Tell your friends, all that stuff. We appreciate you. This has been Kirk and Josh, Mavs Moneyball After Dark. We will talk to you tomorrow.